Welcome to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company. I'm your host, Joel Silverstone. Our episode today, The Nine Behaviors of Leadership, Part 2. Are leaders born that way? Probably not. Your business card may say leader, but does that mean that you are one? Yet. What if we did this? What if we took those leadership buzzwords like integrity and visionary and made them into tangible skills? And we took those other behaviors of leadership and we can make them into skills that you could develop and practice. This is part two of the nine behaviors of leadership, the traits, the sometimes the cliches that we can make into clear skills that you can develop. And in this episode, we're exploring visionary and the soft skills of leadership, specifically how listening and empathy are core traits to continue developing. Developing leaders can change and existing leaders can get better. Our guest, David Kelly, is the CEO of the Learning Guild. And David has been a learning and performance consultant and training director for over 20 years. He's a leading voice in exploring how technology can be used to enhance training, education, learning, and organizational performance. David is an active member of the learning community and can be found frequently speaking at industry events. So listen in as we're going to be sharing how to make leadership behaviors into tangible and intentional skills and why that matters to your communication and to your leadership abilities. And as always, if you have a question or comment for the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at podcast at greatcanadiantraining.ca. Again, that's podcast at greatcanadiantraining.ca. And as always, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our upcoming episodes, Virtual Reality Meets Soft Skills, and upcoming four-part series on presentation skills. All right, let's meet David Kelly and the Nine Behaviors of Leadership, Part 2. Let's look at a couple more. We're going to, um, before we do that, yeah, I just reminded me when you're talking about freedom of fail, which is so good because this will be part one of our segments that we do, of course, which is failure to where we celebrate our, our failures. So that's great to know that that's part of being innovative. So we're going to come back to your failure to at the end of this, uh, this interview. Uh, but let's move on to, uh, visionary. And then I want to talk about, uh, the soft skills you were speaking about, about listening and empathy, but let's talk about visionary because sure. again, that's, Probably one of the most abstract ones. It's so hard to say, oh, you're a visionary. What, what does that mean? How does one do that? Sure. Um, so the, the big thing for me is being able to see possibilities that other people can't. Um, mm -hmm. And that, that's, that is playing very much into the cliche space. So what is that? Even that, like, what does that mean? You don't have the ability to paint that picture for other people. Mm. If you can't describe a vision Mm -hmm. that in a way that other people can see it, mm -hmm. then it, it, you may as well have not even had that vision. Um, and there's a certain selling aspect to being seen as a visionary. So you have to be able to see it. You have to be able to describe it. You have to be able to get people excited about it and build a right. plan around how could we possibly bring this vision to reality? Um, because that's what makes visions real for people. If they see something that's, that's pie in the sky, Right. They don't see the runway to make it happen. But if you can kind of say, listen, this is out there and I know it's very different, but here's some things that we can do to make it happen. Now you're inspiring people and you're seeing people. It's it's people seeing something that they didn't even know was a possibility that not only can you describe and get them to see it, but you can give them a, a path to make it happen. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of combined skills, negotiating and communication and, mm -hmm. and uh, articulating a, a, an idea 
that are all embedded into that, but they're, they're all foundational to being creating this idea that people see you as a visionary leader. And, and you know, that's, I, I, it's how you sell it, I think is, is, is such an important, you might have the vision and, and that's great, but how are we as, as the people listening to that going to be excited to want to take part in it? And if you start to make it concrete, well, these are the steps that we could do to get there. I think uh, then I start to go, yeah, this is possible. This is actually, it's making something that seemed really far-fetched or it's like, okay, this is possible. And, and then maybe I'm even now coming up with some ideas on, on how to even add to that when, when yeah. that happens. Yeah. And what kind of, I know we all like this idea. We all really like it. And we get a lot of energy going in this direction, but what if I'm wrong? Like, let's right. just assume for a second <laughs> that I'm wrong. And, and what would we, what else could we do? What else could we do? It may, you may come back to that idea and think it's a good idea, but it's a better vetted idea. Maybe you, you, in that process, you've identified some of the hurdles of implementing that idea that weren't there. So it's still valuable time, but anytime you see yourself catching too much momentum too quickly around an idea, um, that's part of the integrity piece of coming in there, reining that back in and just being like, all right, let's play devil's advocate for a second. What if we're all wrong? Let's, right. let's consider that for a second. I love that. What if we're all wrong? I love that. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this, this uh, exercise called six thinking hats. No, I'm not actually. Uh, where, uh, where you bring, you bring, you know, six people for, together as an example on, on a team and everybody wears a different hat. So it's, you're taking your emotions out of it. One person is the, the black hat, which is the sees all the holes in the plan. Oh, that's the, interesting. The, the other person wears, I think it was the yellow hat. They're the optimist. They're, they're like, you know, no details, but just this sounds so exciting. And then there's one person, everyone has a different hat uh, and sort of brings a different perspective so that we can look at the idea uh, from all different angles and all different perspectives. But somebody has to wear that, what if, what if this is wrong hat? And exactly for that. that reason, just to yeah. poke some holes in it so that we can, um, it, it's a time saver. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And it also, I love exercises like that because it takes the, the, um, emotional baggage out of it. Of yeah. Like, I don't want to be the person to point out, well, your problem is wrong. I don't want to be that guy, but right. I'm, it's not me who's doing it. It's, it's, the, hat. it's the assignment that I have. Yeah. Yeah, it's the hat. Yeah. So it, it, it it's uh, I love, I love exercises like that. It's a great idea. I haven't heard that one. There you go. Um, all right, let's go to, um, listening and empathy because we, we talk so much about listening and empathy on this podcast and we talk about so much about listening and empathy on our, our professional skills courses at Great Canadian Training is such an important part of communication. Uh, so I love that you included that with leadership because, uh, you know, I have I have a bias that I believe that, you know, the great leaders are really good at, at listening and empathy and that's one of the things that differentiates them. Um, so what? why did you include that? Why was that important, did you feel, for some of the traits? Uh, well, a couple of reasons. One is I think that they are just core. I think that they, that they are core. That there are a lot of tr there are a lot of aspects of being a leader that some of them are going to like being a visionary is going to push your perception, people, the way that people perceive you as a leader forward. But not being a visionary isn't going to draw you or being not doing it so well isn't going to draw you back as far. If you listen really well, it's going to push you forward. But if you listen poorly, it's going to drive you back. And the same thing with being empathy. It's a type of thing that if you don't do, if you do it well, it can make you seem, be seen as a strong leader. If you do it poorly, it's going to be detrimental to your ability to be a leader. Uh, so that's why I think that they're very core. Uh, so for me, listening, again, what does that look like in action? Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's about do, removing judgment from the equation. 
Mm. Um, you know, and judgment is not necessarily right or wrong. You can, I, I can tell you that I thought something that you did was wrong without you necessarily feeling like I'm completely judging you on it. Right. Um, you, you, there's a lot of this is embedded into the how. Um, but again, some of the how of listening and asking questions to make sure that you, you understand what someone is saying. Uh, reflecting back to what people say, summarizing what they say. This is all confirming that you have been listening to someone. Uh, Some of the stuff that's involved in listening, um, we all have strengths, we all have weaknesses. One of the things that I know I struggle with with listening um, is is resisting that urge to interrupt someone while they're telling Mm. you the story. Uh, And it's not that I I feel like I'm a rude person, but I, I... it's, it's in my nature that when someone says something and, I, and, and something triggers in my mind where I'm like, oh, I can fix that, I jump in. Uh, and, and the person's like, I wasn't looking for you to fix it right now. I was just looking to be heard. Um, and and I, I admit that that's like something I have to be consciously struggle. I struggle to do that. I have to be conscious about that. Um, and, and that's part of the listening equation for me. And as well as, especially in the area that we're in now, where we're so, so much stuff is done virtually, that nonverbal mm-hmm. feedback, that the things that we do all the time that unconsciously or consciously send a message um, of, of whether or not we're paying attention. You know, we're all multitasking. We're all looking at our screens over here. Um, and, and sometimes even the listening component of it, um, listening communication it all, it all links together like we're all multi like using using virtual uh, environments as an example we're all you know multi-screen doing different things right uh, but even now as i'm talking to you i mean we're in a podcast i know it's being recorded when i'm sitting there but we're looking at one another uh and i'm and i have some notes for the podcast and you might just be interpreting that when i go over here that i'm checking my notes for something that we're talking about uh but in another environment that's like, he's not paying attention. He's checking right. his email. He's doing something else. These all send messages. And when the, the more we can be fully engaged when we're talking to someone, uh, the, the better their perception of us as a, as mm. someone who's listening is going to be there. Uh, and I think perception is a, in an, I don't know how many times I've used that word in our discussion here, but for me, that is a, uh, a core word to all of this because you can, I don't care what you think you're doing. The person mm. that perceives what you're doing is the reality for them. Um, so you can think that you're a great listener, but if the person that is talking to you thinks that you weren't paying attention, you weren't paying attention. <laughs> it's just their reality. Ju- juicy. Um, you know, when you talked about the judgment, uh, I was thinking about, yeah, that's, that's a great way to define it, which is when you're get, when you're, uh, it's not to say that there's a, a good or bad in judgment, but the judgment is, I think, and I think what you're saying was, you know, separate the person from the problem. So you're not mm-hmm. judging the person, but you're judging the, the, you know, the problem or the work might have been wrong, but not, but not the person. So you're not judging when you're doing that, when you're listening, it's to listen without judgment about the person, but listen, uh, listen without judgment. Uh, uh, exactly that. So separate the person from the problem. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting myself into a tizzy. Uh, <laughs> but, but, and then this ties into the, what you just said here, which is so true, which is it's their perception uh, at the yeah. end of the day doesn't matter uh whatever's going on it's their perception that's the reality and that also comes in again with with no judgment uh sort of ties that in that we can't can't judge someone else we can't manipulate them uh it's their reality and and we have to be fully present as you said in this hybrid world uh of or even in the virtual world um but even so even when we're listening 75 percent of the time we are distracted we're preoccupied yeah, uh, kind absolutely. of like you said, you want to solve the problem. We're we're thinking about, oh, uh, you smelt the bacon. I can I can solve this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'll t- I'll take that for eight hundred. Uh, <laughs> so absolutely. 
All right. Um, before we go to uh, take a break for an ad and we do your failure, ta-da, um, we, we were talking about empathy as well, if you had some thoughts on that. Sure. Uh, emp- emp- I mentioned my uh, my affection for the word, for buzzwords. Uh, so empathy is probably the biggest wor- uh, buzzword in, in mm-hmm. leadership, um, especially over the last two years um, and, and for understandable reasons. Um, but where I get concerned is when we, we, you know, I see a lot of stuff that's out there about we need to do this and we're going to give you an empathy training program and all this. Uh, and it kind of is, is, is missing the mark. Um, empathy is not, empathy is really, really core to what we do. And I am hoping that the realization of how important empathy is that has, that has risen to our, our, the front of sight in recent years sticks with us because it should be there. So what does it mean? What does it mean to look like an action? Cause empathy is definitely a term that is, that we say we need to be more empathetic. We need to do these mm-hmm. things and no one's talking about what that looks like. The phrase we always hear as much as is a cliche is put yourself in someone else's shoes. Uh, and that's a good example of what I was talking about earlier about a phrase we use so often that it's just kind of it gets dissolved what does that mean? of its meaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it it doesn't really mean it. But if you if you step mm-hmm. back and say, well, what does that phrase mean? Mm-hmm. Um, then you start to like you, you need to absorb it a little bit more. I think we use it's just a, a knee jerk reaction, and we don't think about what that phrase means. But what does that phrase mean? Um, and and really being intentional, as I mentioned earlier, about what what that looks like. Uh, I think it's also about thinking about giving people their op- the opportunity to be heard. That was a big thing for me uh, over the last two years. Just mm. the, how are you doing? Like, just tell right. me what's going on at home. Tell me what's going on with, with, with work. How are you feeling about all of this adjustments? How are you feeling about this fearful environment that we're in? Uh, giving people that opportunity to know that you care and, and, and about these things. Um, there's a whole other section that you could look at uh, if you want to look in the design area around personas and empathy maps. That's a great way of just kind of looking at people from different angles and getting a better understanding of people. It's a great tool to be tactical about this. Um, and then demonstrating that you are aware of the needs of others, um, uh, that, that you that people don't have to tell you, hey, f- you forgot about me in this equation, right. that, that they're, they're aware that you, you demonstrate, again, that intentional awareness. You know, I know we have some people, even something as simple. I remember one of the, the as simple as this is, um, I remember years ago, I'm, I'm a vegetarian. I've been vegetarian for 30 years. Uh, I remember one of the early meetings that I was in. Usually I don't say anything about anything like that, but I was in one of the meetings where we were like, yeah, we're going to plan this meeting. And I know we've got three people on the team that are vegetarian. So we're going to make sure that you have something here so you can get it. And and that you gave me that feeling of just like, you thought of me. Like, I don't normally right. raise my hand and say, don't forget about me. I'm a vegetarian. But without me saying that, you thought of me and two other people in the room's needs. And that was appreciated. It was shown that you had empathy for the uniqueness of our situation. Um, so, I, and I think that that's where, where empathy gets into action is the intention of it. And I think that's a great example of, of empathy, um, which, which it, it takes a lot of work. It does. You really have to be fully present and fully aware. Um, and, um, and again, it kind of goes back to listening about taking all judgment away and really separate the person from the problem. And just, you may not agree with how they might be feeling at the time, or maybe what's important to them, but it's important to them. Yeah, and I, and I think that's what I think that's what you're saying about empathy is to acknowledge and and that they've been heard that that's what's important to them. And I think broadly, your your mm-hmm. comment on you have to put the work in um, gets to a lot of the crux of why I try to host this session is because we tend to take a lot of these traits and assign them mm-hmm. as traits as if it's a it's a binary switch of you either have this or you don't. Right. And these are skills. These are yeah. these are muscles that we like to build. And and you're not going to start by being 
in shape in certain areas. You're going to need to, you need to exercise these skills to build them, to build that muscle. And each time you do it, you get stronger with it. You know, the, the worldview that I have right now can still be widened, can still be improved, but it's built over the, over years of trying to put some of this in place um, over time. It's not something that I've come to the, the, the space that I am talking to you today because I had some sort of an epiphany in my life change. It's something that it's a conscious choice of, of working on this and, and yeah. trying to do things intentionally that can expand my skill set. And it's a, it's a journey. I'm not done with mine. No one's done with theirs, but don't worry about the, it's either right or wrong. Worry about where you are today and how you can be better tomorrow and, and work on those skills. It's, it's, it's ongoing for sure. And, and like you said earlier uh, about innovation, it's uh, not being afraid of failure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's such an important way to, to look at that as you, as you do that. And then you've earned that card that says <laughs> David Kelly leader. That's right. <laughs> or, or more importantly, someone yeah. will give you that card because someone we can't identify card. ourselves as leaders. Other people do. There we go. All right, let's take a break for our ad. And then this will give you about a minute, David, to think about your failure. Tada moment. Excellent. Does that work for you? Sounds great. Hi, I'm Joy Newhold, and we'll be right back to our interview. When I started the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company in 2002, I never would have imagined that one day we would have a podcast. So first, I want to thank you for listening and share some really exciting information about our organization with you. For years, we have made our live instructor-led software and soft skills training, consulting, and coaching services customizable to meet the unique needs of each client and committed ourselves to a high quality of customer service. This combined to make the learning experience better for the participants and the planning process easier for the organizer. We love helping our clients so much We also develop many additional free resources to help you along the way, and this podcast is just one of them. At greatcanadiantraining.ca, you will find our free monthly webinars, blog articles, and free downloads covering everything from building better dashboards in Excel to navigating difficult conversations and everything in between. So make sure to join us at greatcanadiantraining.ca. But for now, I better let you get back to the podcast. Please enjoy the rest of the interview. We're back with David Kelly, and we're talking about the behaviors of leadership. So many great points here, David. And just so you know, and listeners, of course, at the end of this podcast, when we're done with David, we'll have our, our recap of some of the some of the key points in our three stars. Uh, but before we get there, David, if you're ready, we have a little segment in our show that we like to call Failure. Ta-da! And that's where you think back to a time uh, in your own, you know, as you say, journey as a leader, where, or even in your career, where there was something that felt, maybe felt like a failure at the time, but really became a learning point. So it kind of goes from ta-da to aha. Sure. Do you have one for us? I do. Um, okay. And, and uh, it's it's admittedly one that's very powerful for me, although it's a little, at times, painful to, to revisit. Uh, okay. it, it was early in my career. I spent the, the early portion of my career the first 11 years or so working for a bank, um, working for a financial institution uh, and had a very successful career there. I was there for 11 plus years, got promoted, I think, 13 times in those 11 years. That's where I found learning and development. I was, I was working my way up through there. Um, and as I said, promoted lots of times, learned a lot of great things. Um, and then one day, because the bank was going through acquisitions and such, I, I went into an office and discovered that I no longer had a job. Um, like many people have been through. But and And for me, there was this 
this failure moment of of what did I do wrong? How did this happen here? Uh, right. And and as you can expect, losing a job like that um, it weighs on you. Uh, yeah. But what I also discovered in that moment was like I didn't I wasn't one hundred percent sure what I was going to do next. Um, and and in realizing how I got myself in the position of not knowing what I was going to do next, um, and I kind of had this moment of like I got to find another job. Um, right. I, I discovered like. I don't want another job. I want to, I, I want to know what I'm doing. And I just, and I realized like looking back on, on the time that I was there, every choice that I made wasn't really a, I want to go do this. So I'm going to go seek it out. It was more a, here's the, that's the next carrot that we're hanging out in front of you. You should go work hard and go grab it. And I did. Uh, and I didn't necessarily know any better to be deciding, do I want that carrot? Like they had decided that that was the next rung in the ladder for me. And I worked towards that. It was a very hierarchical thing. Uh, and it wasn't, it was in that moment that I kind of sat back and I was like, I need to take control of my career. here. I need to decide what I want to do. What do I want to do next? What sort of work do I want to be doing? What, how do I want to be compensated? And, and it got to the point where I kind of flipped the script a little bit uh, and, and said, not you're going to tell me what to do and I'm going to be, be doing it, but what is the type of work that I want to do? What do, how does I, how do I want that to fulfill me? How do I want to, instead of saying, having someone else tell me that's the door that you can walk through when you're ready for me to be looking around and saying, which door do I want to walk through? Right. And it just changed my perspective on, on my career development. It changed my direct project uh, projections on, on how I was going to develop myself and how I wanted to put myself out to the community so that I was the one driving my career. I wouldn't have the jobs uh, that I've, the last two jobs that I've had, which were my choice, my, my intent, uh, had it not been for that moment of understanding. So as much as it was a horrible uh, six months within there, um, a very powerful life-changing epiphany came out of that, that has shaped every decision that I've made since then. That's great. <laughs> That's a great, great ta-da story. Um, it so ties into what you were talking about innovation. Like here you were, uh, and I see where the inspiration came for the innovation because you had been doing things a certain way and following the procedures and what you thought you were supposed to be doing. And then all of a sudden you reach a point and it's asking yourself those questions to start thinking differently. Yeah. Uh, that completely changed the rest of your the, your career, you know, professionally and personally, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I st I most important thing coming out of that was I was the one who started asking the questions, and and then I started asking them myself. Uh, still asking them to myself today. I'm, I'm very happy with the work that I do. I love the organization that I work for. Um, but there's always that that thought of okay, well, what do I want to be doing next, and does this continue to fit, and how can I shape what I'm doing here so that it fits with what I want to be doing next, that kind of thing. Yeah, you, you never get, you know, because we were talking with about neuroscience a, a couple of episodes previously, and that's so important to continuously challenge yourself. Yes. Uh, and keep keep growing that brain and not, not not make things smaller, but continue yeah. to make things bigger. Lovely. Well, David, this has been such an interesting uh, podcast, such an interesting, I think we uh, learners got, we got a lot of value out of this, a lot of interesting information and some things that we could really take away and work on. Uh, but our listeners probably have some more questions or maybe want to reach out to you. Uh, so David, where, where can we learn more about you or maybe get some, uh, get some more information about all this, about leadership and, and the behaviors? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, if anyone wants to reach out to me, I'm, I'm, I'm most of the social channels, uh, my, my hashtag, my, uh, uh, handle on most of the channels is LND Dave, Learning and Development Dave. Uh, but the best way to get back to me is uh, reach out to me is probably through the guild, uh, the Learning Guild where I work. You can reach out to me at D Kelly, that's just K E L L Y, 
uh, at learningguild.com. And you can get all sorts of details about some of the resources that we offer and how you can contact me or other members of our team at our website, learningguild.com. David, thank you so much for being a guest on the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. And now it's time for our three stars, No Trois Etoiles. These are the three takeaways from today's episode that you could start to put into practice. Number three, what were those nine behaviors? They were integrity, innovation, confidence, communication, decision-making, visionary, listening, empathy, and problem-solving. Number two and one are kind of combined. As David said, and we can agree here at Great Canadian Training, that those soft skills of empathy and listening are core to your leadership and communication ability. So number two, empathy, the biggest buzzword in leadership and probably a lot of it in training as well. Empathy, very simply, is showing that you care, the intention behind that and that that comes across and the other person feels that. Number one, listening. Listen without judgment. Don't solve it and separate the person from the problem. And now the next step, where you can apply this in business or maybe in life. Let's go back to listening. Here's something very simple that you could do. Listen without interrupting the other person. Listen without saying, as David said, oh, I can fix that. Enjoy. Thank you for joining us in our search for what makes a great communicator. If you enjoyed the show, then please leave a rating or review. Even better, subscribe to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast and make sure you don't miss another episode. Let's stay connected. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at GCT underscore CompuEase. And if you'd like more information, free resources or class schedules on everything from software to soft skills training, consulting or coaching, then go on over to greatcanadiantraining.ca. Thank you, and we will see you next episode.